0: You're listening to the Piper Carter podcast on the Detroit is Different podcast network. to the Piper Carter podcast. This is your host, Piper Carter on the Detroit is Different podcast network. Today, I am so, 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 so excited because I have one of my most favorite people, um, someone I look to for inspiration whose work is just amazing and has built such an incredible Platform that has really, really, really uh, made a huge impact on our culture, and I want to bring the creator of the musicology, Asya Shine. Welcome. How are you?
1: Thank you so much for that amazing intro, Piper. It's really good to be with you. I and I'm doing pretty well considering the world we're living in.
0: You know what's interesting? Um you have been able to pivot because your business was centered around all of this online world and you have come here, uh, to share with us an amazing event that is just wonderful. Um, one of the most amazing figures because we are, I'm from Detroit and this, you know, figure is one of the icons that means so much to me in hip hop and Detroit culture, but that you actually had relationship with. And you have this whole incredible event that you are able to do as a part of this pivot. And I want to talk about this event. Like, let's just get right into it. What is this event, Asya, that's coming up on the 7th of February?
1: Well, yes, uh actually the 6th of February and but you were but but you're correct because his birthday's on the 7th. So you're not completely incorrect. There's a Freudian slip. It's uh, Jay Dilla, the the one and only rest in power and uh Dilla Fest is happening Saturday February 6th and we're really excited there's going to be wonderful interviews that we've recorded with a lot of legendary talent like Detroit's own Am Fiddler and uh Robert Glasper, Terrace Martin and of course uh People like Guilty Simpson and uh, all hosted by the Detroit native Frank Nick. And uh, we're just doing what we can during quarantine to pull together some content to celebrate his birthday. And also the 20th anniversary of Welcome to Detroit that came out on BBE Music in the year 2001.
0: So tell us... Because this event is, oh my God, so it's going to be so incredible. So tell us a bit more like, you know, about the event itself, like what folks can look forward to.
1: Yes. So we're going to have vintage performance um, footage, some, some of it that people haven't really seen before, DJ sets from Rhett Matic and DJ Spinna, which is going to be great. Um, and uh, we have, like I was mentioning the interviews and then uh, along with the people that uh, I mentioned is Afion Crockett. We've got Drez from Black Sheep. Um, I'm sorry that I didn't mention uh, Ma Dukes, of course, uh, Dilla's mom, Illa J, and, um, T3 from slum of course I should mention him from from jump because he's uh one of the most important people of course in this in this journey so yeah all the information is at dillafest.com and um we have some great sponsors and we're just looking forward to putting together some great content for the event on Saturday pretty much already done with it yeah so um
0: how did this event come to be
1: Sure. So every year um, in L.A., we would be part of, you know, Dilla Day. And of course, Detroit, you guys do your own. And of course, with COVID, we couldn't do anything in person. So we wanted to do something and we really wanted to commemorate the 20th anniversary of this album. So we put together this event with uh, BBE Music and Delicious Vinyl. And then sponsors came through and were able to, you know, uh, we are sponsored by DistroKid and an an app called Priv. Um, And it's just going to be one of those things where I wish it could be a live show and something super hype, but I think seeing people talk about Dilla and really, you know, talk about his legacy and what he meant to the world of boom Bath and hip hop, I think is going to be a really great look. And the interviews are are pretty fun. Uh, Some of them are extremely funny.
0: Can you tell, so this event is going to be online, but can you tell us about what you've done in the past, you know, in terms of, um, this kind of, you know, a multi experiential, you know, event that you, that you, you know, centers on our, our icon Dilla.
1: Yeah. Well, um, man, for years, I feel like since the beginning, like 2006, when he, when he passed, um, right off the bat, we put together an event, um, at, at a venue that no longer exists in Detroit. I'm forgetting the name of it, excuse me. Um, something the number five. And uh it was pretty incredible. We had common perform. We were able to get him to to donate his time and and raise money for the family um, at that point because he was he just passed. And through the years, we've been able to put events together that really reflect keeping his legacy alive, raising money and you know, doing things the right way. Cause a lot of people do, you know, their own Dilla events, but they don't necessarily give, you know, money back to the family and things that, you know, really should happen considering you're using his name and likeliness shouldn't be going into everyone's pockets right off the bat like that. And this has been something that we were really proud of. And also uh, wanted to say that we have exclusive merchandise. And again, you know, everything is legit and, and done with the utmost respect for him and his legacy.
0: And so in the past, um, was it at like an arena or a club or what was the setting?
1: Yeah, yeah. We've had it at at, uh, various venues in Los Angeles. We also did an event at the Grand Performances outside. Um, And then, of course, over the years, there's been many kind of... But mainly at the club. Mainly at the club. I'm not going to lie. It hasn't been as big as we've wanted it to be, um, like you guys have done in Detroit at the Fox Theater. I think that's massive. But we have done it at at substantial venues in Los Angeles that hold about 1,000 people.
0: And Dilla, you know, his legacy... He's from Detroit, but he also has a pretty extensive legacy in L.A. So he's kind of has both cultures. Like what is for folks who um, are not as familiar with the L.A. Um, like soul, you know, sort of scene. Can you kind of tell us about, you know, just like what this energy feels like, you know, for people who had never been to the event and, you know, uh to let folks know like the, just the energy to expect, you know, with the, what, what that feeling is for this um, online event.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, you know, obviously it's different, um, and the way people reacting are different. But I also think that it's really powerful that you've been able to get people like Glasper and Afion Crockett and Guilty Simpson all together talking about Dilla. You're not going to be able to do that in real life unless you have like this insanely massive budget that's going towards the artists. Um, we're we're also, you know, I mean, uh, I've we're going to get some uh, exclusive. I, I actually, I shouldn't say the names, but there's some other people that are, that aren't on the flyer that are also going to be part of it. And I think that kind of surprise factor and the fact that we're just really digging deep and talking about Dilla, I think is really going to be great. And of course we're playing the music and playing, um, you know, the album, but it, it really is just to commemorate his, his birthday, which we love to do every year. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, this is so awesome. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for, for this, this coming weekend. Um, And I think anyone who is, like, a Dilla fan or a Neo Soul fan or or a fan of any of the artists that come out of that tradition, right, or genre are going to be pleasantly surprised. And um, I don't know. I'm just looking forward to it. So thanks for even creating this event and putting this together, you know. Oh, thank you. Appreciate the support. So, you know, and you have such a powerful, you know, this event is coming out of the powerful work that you've um, done creating this platform. And you know, the platform you created is musicology. And for me, um, and and I think a lot of uh, people who produce cultural content events and this kind of thing, musicology has really been uh, a central uh, tool. To be able to um, lift up the profile of the event, um, give some validity to you know us as you know producers with with audiences who don't know about us or introduce us to audiences who who may not have been able to come in contact with us and you've been able to do it you know on a massive scale right and you've been doing this for a while so while every like I said everyone is now trying to figure out how to pivot into this whole online world yeah. you this is your world that you've yeah. basically created so can you tell us about your baby um musicology well first let's understand what is the platform like what <laughs> is Musicology.
1: what is it well musicology is first and foremost um an event calendar it's user generated it's for global soul music so it is for soul funk jazz conscious hip-hop deep house music um that's my, that's the vibe. So, you know, there's, there's, I feel like dozens of club this and club that or event this and event that but they they're they're so broad in their spectrums and they promote so many music so much music and so many genres that it's not focused and we've created this platform for the niche for this music um what differentiates us as well is that we're national um so we're in pretty much all the major markets in the united states and in toronto canada so it's been great to be you know part of that now also, obviously, for promoting events, we're promoting artists, so we promote music. So uh, we do a Music Monday Blast, um, every, obviously, every week, and then we do Weekend Blasts, and then we do um, a lot of m- promotion in between for new music. So whether it's through our Spotify or through the show that we do on Worldwide FM every month, we really showcase new up and coming talent as well as you know just new music in general from our icons so it's it's promoting global soul music and it's a platform for that
0: and i've used the platform now for over a decade and um for me as a user i've seen the platform go from i'm going to call it like more <clears throat> streamlined or bare bones to mm-hmm. The dynamic site that it is now, and I'm using dynamic in the sense of uh, the tech word dynamic, you know, with uh, much everything is so enhanced. The experience is much more enhanced. And um, can you talk a bit more about the features of
1: the platform? Sure. Um, well, the great thing is, is that we're user-generated. And that is the very, very important for, uh, for everybody. Because you can just go, you can upload your event. Now, uploading music, we don't have because uh, we are curated. So, you know, obviously, if we allowed that, there would be a lot of stuff that maybe doesn't suit our site. But for the events it really is just an incredible uh way for people to be able to of course free of charge upload their events and get it up there um then we have my favorite is just all the news all the articles you know the the press releases about you know f- from the Jean, you know, Michelle Basquiat exhibit to the you know interview that we just did with Judith Hill, who worked with Prince, um, promoting you know music that we, that we really really love. Um, we were part of um, raising money for Music Forward, um, you know, and and raise thousands of dollars for that. So it's it's a it's really, especially now, I think people are looking for streams of what there is to listen to and be a part of to be part of a community that is not Facebook or Instagram, which is Facebook, um, which is, which is important. And also to be able to upload their content to a platform that I think really speaks to the community.
0: And also too, you do lots of partnerships. Like, can you talk about that?
1: Oh yeah. Um, so I work with a a ton of, um, festivals and obviously they're all digital right now and promote a lot of different, everything from CBD to holistic brands. A lot of people advertise with us. um, You know, like right now we're advertising a company that, that has this Shaga coffee. I mean, it's kind of random, but I know that they're, they're approaching our audience because they know that we're our quote unquote progressive. And um, I think the partnerships really rely on, looking at who our audience is and really catering to them. So it's, it's definitely been amazing to work with a lot of different, you know, brands that really get it, that really understand and overstand where the future lies um, in, you know, a healthier planet.
0: Yeah. And you, I don't know, do you curate your partners? Yes. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I mean,
1: ask because it has that feeling. Yeah it's very much curated i mean obviously we you know we sell ads but i've said i've said no to plenty of people or you know in a kind way if it doesn't suit what we're doing it just it, if it's not a great fit i don't want to confuse the audience i remember <laughs> I'll never forgive myself for this, but like 10 years ago or something, I promoted, maybe it was not long ago, maybe it was like seven, the Ray J show that he had with his sister Brandy, and I got, we people unsubscribed, I got slack for it, I mean, it wasn't a good look, and this is not, it's not that far of off from, you know, our culture, but to our people, it was just not a good look. <laughs> maybe,
0: so, if, maybe if it was like just brandy, <laughs> right, right, right.
1: That's be exactly. What you throwing her brother in there, and he's saying going to say what I want to say. He, he's, you know, it's just he's not one of us per se. Let's just leave yeah, it yeah,
0: at yeah. that. I got it. I got <laughs> it. And um,
1: yeah. Can you?
0: So this for me as a user of the platform, yeah. it's been very, very vital, very instrumental. Like I said, in um, I would say just confirming for folks who are part of the community because your community is actually um, very much made up of tastemakers. Um, yeah. Your community is like the people who set the tone for like their city right across the country. You know, um, you're trusted by, you know, many of the people who like that you know, we look to in culture to look to in culture. Right. And so, yeah, yeah, that's really important about, you know, keeping the space really for them or a space where that feels like, okay, I'm going to something and this is a value. Can you talk about how you created the platform? Not your secret sauce about any of your (laughs) stuff, but just um, maybe a bit of the story about how that, how the platform even came into being.
1: Sure, sure, absolutely. Well, from um f- from back in the day I was a booking agent um from way back when I lived in Detroit in the 90s, in the late 90s, and I was already working with artists and talent, and I really um I noticed that you know booking this talent, there was nowhere to find this information, right? So you know I would book Ron Trent at a club in Detroit where are you finding this information i mean you know sure metro times and you have all these platforms but they're they're not in real time and also so again they're very broad because at the same breath that metro times might be promoting ron trent at like you know Motor City Wine. They're also promoting DJ whoever at some other place in that in Pontiac that has absolutely nothing to do with the culture, and that's what was frustrating to me. So I decided to develop my own platform. And in 2003, I connected with a very uh, talented graphic designer named Fuse Green. And um, he created the logo. He works with uh, Spike Lee at the present time. So he's a pretty major, major player in the world. And then also I had um, a uh, lady by the name of Gail Brooks, who's now a major uh, ad facilitator in Atlanta, um, really come up with the concept of the the the, how should I say, the tagline, which was You know, back in in the day, the hub for progressive music and culture. And really, it still stands. I change. I use the word platform more than hub just because that's where the world went. But essentially, it's the same thing. We started out in New York and L.A. back in 2003. Then in 2006, I got a little bit of funding from... um, just from like friends and family. It wasn't like a venture capitalist or anything like that. Um, but I was able to then launch the site in a bunch of new cities, change the back end, and then we just kept growing. And pretty much every year I change up the site. Um, obviously, due to COVID, I, I had to completely pivot it and change everything out because people aren't going to a city, they're they're just looking at virtual events. Um, but besides that, it really has maintained its integrity and it's sort of overall, um, m- how should I say value to the community I'm hoping.
0: How did you create that initial value? Cause like mm-hmm. people create sites, right. And yeah. there's all types of tools and apps and sites and all this stuff is created, right. Like all the time, how mm-hmm. were you able to create something that folks look to like, no, that's the thing. That's the thing.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, I think two things. I think number one is you, you have three. Number one is technology. You know, this is a website. Make sure it works. Yeah, it hasn't been perfect. It, it, it was difficult because you, you also find out how expensive and time timely things are, especially back in the day. It's a lot easier now. Um, the number two thing is, of course, having the team. I've never I've ever done anything by myself. I've always had people around me from graphic designers to people that do pr and sales and marketing that have helped in certain in certain ways i'm a great macro manager i try not to micromanage but i'm i'm i think my best trait is simply delegation and i'm able to know what i'm good at and what i'm you know perhaps not so good at the third thing is absolutely real talk is staying militant and i know that that is kind of maybe uh, a word on the other side of the spectrum, but that's how I feel about it. Um, you know, you try to promote some, some whack stuff on the site, you're going to get denied. And I think because of that, the end user sees a product that is like, oh yeah, they, they know that if they open the Fuse Ecology email, it's, it's not going to be something that they're questioning or something that they're looking at, like thinking it's a waste of time. I think that's, probably the most important is keeping your content and keeping yourself in line with your true self. Because the minute you start going like, I remember fader magazine was a huge, they weren't a competitor, but they were like, to be honest with you, like a peer of mine back in the day. And then all of a sudden I noticed that they would have like most deaf on the cover, but on the back cover, they would have like an indie rock band and it threw me off a little. I get that they wanted to make money and then they wanted to, to, to reach broader markets, but it was never a good fit. It was never, ever a good fit. And so I, I never strayed away from that, uh, except for <laughs> the Ray J moment, but for the most part, we've stayed very consistent. So consistency, um, you know, obviously hard work and, and just being, you know, being true to yourself, I think, are some of the ways that you stay um, in this in this business and don't sort of fade away. So,
0: can you talk a bit more? You've done some really, really, really uh, amazing projects and 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 events yourself through the Physiology brand over yeah. you know over the years. Could you talk maybe about just maybe one or two? You know, uh, really special uh, events or you know projects
1: that you've worked on. Sure. Um, the number one that comes to mind is um, we were in back in um, 2012 when right when Whitney Houston untimely passed away. It was Grammy weekend. It was complete shock, and we had Common doing a Grammy after party, and out of the blue, Stevie Wonder showed up and sang a song and we had no idea that was going to happen. It was, it was just supposed to be a club night with Common, which was great enough. That was incredible. And also just the fact that he sang a Whitney Houston song and commemorated her was extremely special. And I honestly felt, I mean, I knew I was the promoter, but that wasn't my doing. Right. That was obviously from from the higher ups, which it normally is. The second thing is um, I got called on when when Prince passed away in, in 2016. Um, I was in New Orleans at the time at Jazz Festival and I was called by the city of Los Angeles to help book talent and pull together a very uh, quickly pulled together uh, event on the the grounds of the los angeles city hall and that was incredible and again stevie wonder was our headliner so I've been very closely connected to him over the years inadvertently and then um that that was very special to me so those are those are some of the highlights for sure but i mean i've been very blessed to be a part of a lot of great things um outside of los angeles as well including in your great city of detroit
0: yeah you know what i know i said one or two you gotta give me a few more those <laughs> awesome like what are what are some more like g- give me some more like this is so wonderful just, oh
1: man. well thank you name. i you know i've always loved the underground stuff that we did in detroit all of the you know when 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 you know the, the things with moody man and the events with theo pair so i've always just to bring that up just because um detroit was always very special and um one more that just comes to mind is oh the central avenue jazz festival was really special it was brought on to be the producer of that and that was just awesome and and um, it was just, you know, L.A. is not known for jazz and for being like the the sort of having these godfathers of, of jazz being from here. And that event proved everyone wrong because, um, no, it's not New Orleans and it's not Chicago, but L.A. has its own thing. So that was really cool to be a part of that as well and to be the producer on record.
0: Yeah. So let's OK. Y- you, you know, said a little bit that you were, you know, doing artist booking, but can mm-hmm. you just talk about, you know, how you're able to be in a position to even secure any of these, uh, <laughs> you know, partnerships or relationships at all? Right, who the
1: hell are you, right? Yeah, I know, no, I'm just just yeah. <laughs> <about you. laughs> I know you. You said it way more eloquently. I'm just playing. Um, you know, it all started. Um, I was a rave kid in Toronto um, in in '96. I moved to Detroit to go to Wayne State University, and I met the late great Laura Gavor. Uh, she unfortunately passed away in 2002. Um, she was the manager and the agent for the Belleville Three. Um, I'm, I'm going to mention um, the two names: Juan Atkins and Kevin. Saunderson For now, uh, she also worked with the likes of Jeff Mills um, and a lot of other artists uh, like Stacy Pollen and, and and those kind of guys that were up and coming at the time. And I was her assistant, and I found out that I I loved working with artists. I loved working in music, but I'm a househead. So I left Detroit. I love techno because back then that's what it was. And I moved to Chicago. I started my own agency. Um, I worked for uh, Roy Davis Jr., who's a house music producer. He brought me on to help um, sort of grow the career of the prolific musician, Pevin Everett, Pevin with a P, I'm sure a lot of your um, listeners know who he is. He's one of the most talented people to walk the planet. I mean, this, this guy plays, I, I don't know how many instruments at this point, probably at least 10, and um, sings, producers anyways, um, had a, had the privilege of working with him, started my own agency, and then, um la LA called, and I had an opportunity to move here and to work at an event production company. Um, and it was just kind of on a on a larger scale. And I was twenty one. and I moved out to California and I started my agency. My claim to fame is definitely um, my first client. my first big client was Quest Love of the Roots when he just started to DJ. Um, and and I did all of his DJ after parties for about five years. And my roster also included, as mentioned, the late, great Jay Dilla, Jazzy Jeff, Ali Shaheed Mohammed, Maceo from De La Soul. And then I worked with a plethora of house music artists as well, like Carrie Chandler. I mentioned Ron Trent um, and Osunlade Day and a bunch of people that I did bookings for. So just as a as a as a reference, obviously, that, that sort of got me involved. And then I've always been interested in sort of becoming beyond an agent, you know, it becomes old, and so when physiology kept knocking uh, at my door, I just I focused on that, and then I let go of the booking agency a while back, back in two thousand seven, um, right before the economic crash. I was pretty blessed about that because a lot of things um, got derailed after that. But yeah, I've been doing physiology since two thousand and three.
0: Wow, that's such a powerful story. Can you talk a bit about? Um, because, you know, it's one thing to assist a person, right. And, and you learn a lot assisting. Yeah. Yeah. How, how were you able to take what you learned and then turn that into a viable business? Because anybody could be like, okay, now I'm in the business of booking. And, you know, what is it that made folks be like, yeah, like I trust her, as you know, I mean, because there's lots of booking agents, right? That people could go to. Like, what do you think it was about you that made people, you know, be able to trust you?
1: Well, you know, that's a great question. I think number one, um, they met me when I was super young. And um, I, you know, I think that they just sort of watched me grow up and watched me, you know, maybe make some mistakes, but then um, turn it around. And I think honestly, I mean, I don't know if, if it's because I'm a Capricorn, but I don't stop working. Like I, you know, I'm I'm on it. So if someone missed their flight, you know, I would be at two o'clock in the morning or whatever, um, on the computer or whatever, to you know, calling the travel agent, whatever it was at that time. So I was always available and um and also you know nurturing but 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 you know not forgiving at the same time and I think that's what a lot of talent looks for because I might get in trouble from this but I was a daycare teacher in in Detroit um it no longer exists but it was a daycare center on Keniff right across from Wayne State and it is of it is basically the same job daycare (laughs) teacher artist booker manager i mean you're really catering to artists you're catering to a little bit to their ego but also to to the you know nurturing them and making sure that they feel good and making sure that they feel important so if you know promoter didn't come through if there was money owed i'm on it i would never just be like man whatever i got paid like peace out so i think my personality coupled with just the um just seeing me since I was a kid. I mean, when I moved to Detroit, I was 17 years old. Right. So, and everyone around me was older and um, yes, I did have a fake idea. I mean, I'm going to say it out loud. I mean, obviously how else was I able to get into all the clubs? Um, But um, I was uh, kind of mature for my age. And I think that, that people have seen the evolution. And I think that that is the, the, the maybe the basis of my success
0: and then you, you know you I know we talked a little bit about or we talked a lot of bit about that you know you were doing these um you know amazing events can you talk about that relationship between your your skills and what you learned and experience or things you did as a booking agent um and 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 what all you brought into producing You know, these events and the things you do for for um, Physicology and how that how that's a
1: backdrop for what you do at Physicology, you know, that relationship. yeah, absolutely. Well, relationships is number one, right? So for instance, as as is the publisher of musicology, and as the booker of somebody, let's just take you as an example. Let's say I was going to book DJ XYZ with you. Well, now I have a relationship with you because I'm representing the artist, but I also want the event to work out well. So, hey, man, I know this, this person in Detroit that can help you promote. Oh, I'm going to put you in touch with people. Oh, being the connector is the number one thing and and also I never hoarded my contacts I would oh man, that is the biggest pet peeve that I would have is people like, yeah, yeah, I'll connect you and I'll do this to that. And then, you know, BCC people and not giving people what man. And when social media came about, uh, uh, you know, 12 years ago or so that changed the game because now you can just Google or, you know, or Facebook the person and, and find them LinkedIn, whatever it is. And so now everyone that's hoarding contacts and not wanting to make those, those important connections, those people, I feel like they fell by the wayside. I don't see anybody that's still in the industry that i knew to be that kind of um that kind of business person and i think connecting people staying open staying honest being on top of your your, you know your ish and um and and also you know quite frankly i i'm i you know i know this is kind of off topic but what came to my mind i like to i like to hang out i like to dance i like to be around people i'm most of the time personable. And I feel that that is really complimentary to the business because again, if you're going to be, you don't know who that per like that person that, that looks like they ain't nobody that's standing in the corner five years from now, they may be like the booker at whatever, or whoever they are, or the or an art and the next Robert Glasper, the next Jay Dilla. So I've always shown as much respect as I can for people, um, You know, from from day one. And that's really, really important to me. And maybe it comes from the fact that I wasn't shown that much respect. I mean, can you imagine being, um, you know, in my position at, at my age in Detroit at the time? I mean, people like looked at me like I was just like a groupie, the whole everybody men and women and then when they found out that I was actually rocking and rolling and doing things I got a little bit of respect but you have to earn that respect so now I feel that I've hopefully (laughs) in my 40s people are looking at me as like the side chick groupie type
0: (laughs) and you know so what have you seen uh shift it just you know uh, we see this whole landscape right Mm -hmm. Uh, There's so many platforms, there's so many apps, and even in the, even in the same sort of genre, niche kind of thing, right? Like, what do you see that has shifted or changed in the online space? uh, And, 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 and then like, where do you see yourself, right? in, In all of that?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, taking it back to relationships and trust and and knowing people, I mean, there's going to be a lot of new players all the time and new websites, but there's there's a few things. You know, because of my past as an, as an agent, I've been able to maintain relationships with people all over the country. Not sure if people can replicate that. You know, if you, you could have an amazing site that's, let's say, just Detroit or New York based or one of those markets, but it kind of... But it kind of fails to represent what this scene is, which is like very much, um, obviously international, but just bringing it back, it's very much American music. Right. And so that's, that's one. And number two is, um, keeping up with the technology, um, you know you have to make money through advertising and sponsorships in order to maintain this business so you have to be a salesperson you got to understand and pivot you know as we just li- we literally launched a new website in uh, a couple weeks ago we didn't even announce it Honestly, because it's not even important. It's something that you have to do. So keeping up with technology, keeping up with your people, um, you know, having that work-life balance is really important. So, you you know, you're not just always on your phone, I think, is really important just for for humanity and for me personally, and then just kind of um, making sure that you're up on the new stuff, you know, making sure that you're listening to the new music, the publicists are sending you and um, really taking the time to nurture new talent, I think is really, really key.
0: And so then, you know, it's interesting. um, Doing this kind of social business, if you will, Mm -hmm. like what, so before um, were you doing the whole, like, take people to lunch,
1: take people <laughs> to, lunch, to brunch? Mm. You know what? Um, no, not really. <laughs> I was. I. I. I definitely. Um, I didn't connect with people so much like that, to be honest with you. I was always a little, maybe maybe it wasn't a good thing, but I was always so busy. I wasn't able to do things like that. And, and I mean that, I don't mean that in a, in a sort of weird way. I just mean that the way that I would connect with people would normally be like at the event, right? And here's the event, you make sure they're comfortable. Okay, here are your wristbands, here are your drink tickets. And then you have like a 15 minute conversation with them backstage. And now you're, you know, you're peeps for life. So I would not normally have to do all of that but i i wouldn't say that it is unnecessary but these days um not just with covid but just with technology i feel that you can do a lot of networking by just hopping on you know a zoom or a call or just even sending a a nice message through linkedin and honestly if they want your service they'll hire you um, because it is so niche and so um and so directed at a specific market
0: do you send cold emails at all have you ever done that
1: No, I haven't. <laughs> I I always try to get somebody like if I um like I needed somebody at a Kai um the, the one of our sponsors for Dilla Fasa Kai professional and I didn't know anybody and I reached out to a couple of people that I did know and I I that's I think why I was able to secure sponsorship um with all the sponsors is because I either knew them personally or I was just one person away from somebody that can say yeah you know you want to you want to do this you you know because I don't think that cold calling and cold emailing people works not it doesn't work for me
0: right yeah and yeah. then in terms of the like you know I, initially um you know fusicology was just strictly a website and then uh it became also an app can you talk right. about like the uh what are some of the differences or you know features that are on the app
1: Yes, yeah, so um, I don't know if you can hear my dog in background. I apologize for all of her. <laughs> um, so the app is very much like the website, but what it does do is obviously it's like a shortened version of it. So you know you click on a on a on one of the tabs and it takes you to all of our playlists and all of the um, you know all of the best of. You go to videos, and it takes you to all of the interviews um, that we that we've done recently. The merch page, um, you know, so it's 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 a. I would love to have the app be a little more interactive. I did want to have a little bit of a social element to it, but... I'll be real with you, you know, just having it connected to all of the social media platforms that we have has been sufficient. And again, you know, you build something out and, you know, you, you spend a lot of money and a lot of time. And then by the time you're done with it, you know, so, something like clubhouse comes along and they're like, Hey, we've already done this for you. So I, I definitely believe in collaborative efforts with, with technology. So even though our app is our app, every time you click on something, it's connected to something else like Spotify or YouTube. And I think that's what most people are doing right now. I don't think too many people are building out their own proprietary technology unless they have like a couple million dollars um, of venture capitalist or angel investment behind them.
0: Yeah. And then I'm thinking so, when folks, so like, let's say, like, you're a user, right? Yeah. Um, I know that promote, you know, like, if you go onto the musicology site, it, mm-hmm. and you set up, you know, your event or you set up yeah. your profile or whatever, it'll ask you, you know, like, who are you? Are you a promoter? Are you an right. artist? So what are all of your profiles? Like who are all the types of people that, you know, uh, use your platform?
1: Mm-hmm. I'd like to say, so I, I I cut it up in quarters. I would say a quarter artists, a quarter are like publicists and PR folks that represent artists, a quarter of are management. And then the last part of promoters, like just straight up, you know club uh, promoters or ex-club promoters that are so it definitely is that there are a few people that are you know um like conference producers that maybe i don't even know why they would go on our website but for the most part people kind of get it once they go on the site and they see what we're promote promoting excuse me
0: yeah and do you notice any difference in usage or the way the different users use your site
1: yeah, absolutely. I feel like music lovers, people that just want to know what's going on, they're going to be on the site for quite a while, for you know, seven to ten minutes, which is a really, really long time to be on a website. The average time is like two minutes, three minutes. Um, artists that are just straight up doing it for their own self promotion are just on for a few seconds. They they post their event, they make sure that it looks good, they click on it a few times, they share it, um, and they're 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 in and out of there. They're not looking at other people's stuff, right? So. Artists are looking at their own stuff and users and music lovers are looking at everything. And yeah, most people do absolutely just, um, they click on our events and our music page, but you know, more and more, especially with the amount, uh, with the amount of interviews that I've been doing, because I've had the time during, um, during lockdown um you know and also the 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 people that i am interviewing like Christian Scott Atundea Ajua Judith Hill you know these are these are not small pickings. so i've been really really lucky to get some of these exclusive interviews with some like um, incredible artists
0: and then how are you using your social so like you talked a bit about you know integration like what so because when i think of you know using social i think of okay um You know, do a post. Um, I might. I'm not really a scroller, honestly. Um, Mm -hmm. I see something come across my, you know, my timeline, uh, and and it's interesting. Then I'll click it. But I'm not. But I don't actually like scroll looking for. Yeah, I'm the
1: same way. I'm the same. I'm wondering, like,
0: you do you know how your uh, behaviors, or you know, do you
1: understand how your? Yeah, you know what? Great, great question. If we post a high DPI photo, right? the algorithm loves it. If I post a high dpi video, great. But unfortunately, you you know probably better than anybody, if you post a flyer, which is what most people want us to promote, um the algorithm the minute that there's a lot of text on your flyer, I believe it's 20% at this point, it used to be 40, it will just push it all the way down. So unless somebody specifically goes onto our, our IG or we of course pay for pay for the promotion, it it's not going to get as many likes as, as back in the day. And it changes all the time, right? These algorithms change every three to six months. So, um, sometimes now I've noticed that I'll post something that is very wordy on say Facebook and I'll get tons of likes. Whereas before it was like three people liking it. I don't try to look at the likes so much. I try not to pay attention too too much to, to all those things because you know, we'll drive you crazy. But for our clients, of course, we'll boost it and we'll make sure that we, um, you know, make the best out of the posting, but it's tricky. And it it it's, you know, I've also noticed that, um, that, you know, again, not everybody's going to send you a high DPI photo or video, but those are the only things that are going to get you, you know, in the thousands of views without having to spend hundreds of dollars on the social platforms.
0: And then I'm wondering about the conversation on the socials. Like, are you are, like, are you heavy on conversations on your socials, like do you, on your Facebook group or any of that kind of stuff?
1: No, the Facebook. I'm not. The Facebook group is. Um, it is moderated. Um, I do have someone helping me with that as well. So we make sure that there's nothing whack on it. Some users are are pre-approved, of course, so that they they don't have to wait to be. Um, we have a large group. It's it's over twelve thousand. Um, same with our page. Our page is creeping on twelve thousand. So put put together. We're just at under 25,000 um, group and page likes, but I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I, I'm not as um, I don't start a lot of conversations. It really is B2C. It's really just, there's an event here it is, click through, um, and please RSVP. So 90% of it, it's it's that. Or of course, if it's not an event, it's it's a new release or something like that. But really, it is B2C. We're really telling people, like, here's the information, please enjoy, um, as opposed to having conversations with people. Maybe one day I'll start having those conversations again. But, um, you know, to be honest with you, 99% of the conversations are kind of like, how can I get on the website? And the information's right there. Or can you do it? You know, can you write up about an artist? Which again, we have forms for that. I do feel that we're really streamlined, and um, that's the one one of the ways I'm able to personally stay organized.
0: And then you have the a really strong newsletter. Yeah. Um, I, I notice in the newsletter, so you know, you have the different sections of the newsletter. Right. Can you talk about the newsletter a bit more? Because now I notice that um in all of my you know i'm doing all this marketing and it's yeah. like oh the future is newsletters right so it is newsletters,
1: Oh, oh and, and, and not only that piper but how exciting is it that we're back to that because people with the emails dead and i'm like no and it was because gmail moved everything to promotions but check it out now everything's in your promotions folder so everyone checks the promotions folder so maybe two years ago i was having a freakout session because gmail was pushing everything back i know Noticed our open rates dropped by half when they did that. But then they got so many complaints from people that I think um, whatever they did um, made it better. And now our open rates, I mean, are through the roof you know 15 20 sometimes even 30 percent when we're promoting something that people are really into uh like this past weekend was dj spinna's birthday everybody clicked on that you know because everybody loves dj spinna so um i think um so the, the top part of our newsletters is obviously what we want people to know if there's anything so you know something that's really important maybe an interview that we did something of a, a, that's newsworthy then um our monday news uh music mondays of course are just it's all new music it's music that is either not out yet um or is coming out and then at the bottom it's banner ads that are that are either partnered or paid for the friday blasts are pretty much the same thing in the sense of the way they look with the banners and the top news but um it's the weekend and the weekend is all about events so it's just um promoting a lot of events and it's um automatically generated because each event in the in the back end is um, formulated where it it, it has a it's gold or bronze or one of those things for us and then that automatically generates what you see on the front end so we don't have to do anything manually at this point we just click on the home page you know make sure all the flyers are updated if it's you know weekly or monthly events make sure everything's looking tight um sometimes people double up events you know like a like a a, 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 the same event but like four or five people will post it it's not a bad thing it's just we don't want those kind of doubled up um that doubled up content on the website itself so it's a it's every day i mean people post between 10 and 100 events a day on our website
0: wow and this is across the nation
1: yeah yeah it used to be more
0: how did Uh, you develop those relationships in the other cities
1: you know again it it really comes from my hit, my past of being an agent and having like for instance, he keeps coming to my mind, so I'm just gonna name drop him, Drake Pfeiffer. Drake Pfeiffer to me is one of those people in Detroit where you can come to him and he kinda of knows everybody. You have those types of people and every city has like a few people. It could be a massive, massive market like Los Angeles. But even in Los Angeles, you really just have a few people in each little scene that you've gotta got to go to to say, hey man. And then and then you come to them and say, so the way that I rock is very simple. I come to people and I say, please post events on the site. Most of the time they oblige, they do it. If they don't do it because they don't have time, no problem will post for you. So it's, it's kind of a nice system because even if somebody doesn't post the content still gets put up. And of course, again, the end user doesn't know who's posting. They just know that it's there. The third and most important thing is partnerships that you mentioned earlier in the conversation. So, you know, Hey, add the Fuse logo. We'll feature you. Um, you know, Oh, you don't have any logos on your flyers. No worries, but we'll still develop a relationship with you. Tag us on social. You know, we, we have people include us. And then in return, we'll make sure that we promote them as much as possible. Um, the great thing also is the same information. Of course, it's on the website is on the app is on the newsletter, is on social. So it's cross-promoting. cross, um, cross promoting. So if we're promoting an event like the Dilla Fest, there's no way that if you're following Fusicology on anything that you will miss out on Dillafest <laughs> because you're going to see it somehow, some way, right? Through a banner ad, a blast, someone else's post. Um, and I think that's, that's the best way to use social for me. It is a B2C thing.
0: And then... Can you talk about the the difference now because the internet has really morphed over time? Can you talk about now like how because you know, we there are, you know, you could uh, you know, there's other types of newsletters that people join for various whatever reasons, but mm-hmm. it seems as though your social or your community has really centered on your your newsletter. Or, it, you know, at least for me, it feels like it's centered on the newsletter and then people can go to the site. But it seems as though for me, I know the way I use it is like, oh, I know what's going on because I've gotten this newsletter. Have you seen like any differences in the interaction like over time, let's say like all the way from, you know, 2003 to, you know, 2021?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. Um... I think that, you know, I think that at the end of the day, the simplicity of it is really important. I think people need to see you know just really i mean everyone's on their phones no one's trying to read a lot no one's trying to read press releases i think call to action is really important you know if people want to read more see more they're going to click on it so i think newsletters are just becoming like a, a like a call to action is something else you know it's like hey there's this going on sign up here hey this is, you know if you want to give a donation go here whereas before it was very informative and you had these long press releases and you know copywriters i don't think you need that anymore i think you just need a sentence and a link
0: Wow. And and I mean physiology has like it's really stayed the same, but I've also watched it, you know, just evolve, you know, over time. I'm wondering um what you see as your future, you know, for mm-hmm. physiology.
1: Um you know, that's a good question. I mean, we always work I think um if there if nothing is going to change and nothing is going to um to take away from music consistently coming out, events, streams, things of that nature. So I think content is always going to be there, which is therefore always going to keep musicology around. I think the most important thing is to, again, stay on top of our technology, stay on top of what's what's new and what's great in, in the sense of design and, 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 function, and you know, functionality of websites and making sure that the user experience is, is as good as possible. I mean, ironically, I think our user experience is better than a lot of websites that have millions, millions of dollars behind them. And I think it, that it just always surprises me um, you know, Like that our their app, for instance, works better than like at ts or something, you know, it's, it's just crazy to think that, but that's, it's always about the focus. So I think the future is, you know, staying, it's really more of the same, but it's definitely staying on top of everything that's new. You know, I, I love a lot of these kind of like old school, like there's like soul music websites or these kind of websites, but you know, you kind of click on them and you see, um, you know, a lot of the same artists that maybe they were promoting 20, 25 years ago, you know, 10 years ago, things have shifted. There's a lot. Yes. I, 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 I focus on legacy artists and icons. Of course, that's, that's my, my, my connection to such legends is such a blessing. Um, in the same breath i like to know like you know what's what's popping with you know the 15 year old making some some dope beats and sending me music and i again i'm not going to ignore that person just because they're not famous i might actually put more time and energy into helping them out and getting the word out there and even though we aren't you know like the biggest massive platform like some you know, rolling stone or one of those really big publications i think you know sticking true to who you are and growing with the the market and, and upkeep upkeepment. I don't know. That's a proper term. Sorry about that. Keeping up with the technology, those things will always keep us um, relevant and on point. And, but we definitely have to do all of those things to stay that way.
0: And then, uh, you know, just uh, as we start to wrap up, I do want to understand. So, you know, when, when we see physiology, you know, it is part, magaziney you know you mentioned like a billboard or something but then there is you know there is this sort of um I don't know music platform-esque thing to it because you send the playlists and that kind of thing can you talk a bit about like fusicology fusicology musicology sort of integration or relationship to like like a Spotify or a SoundCloud or something like that
1: yeah, I mean, you know, I love integrating things, um, but um, gosh, I I don't have like proper partnerships with them again because I think that they have they tend to focus on like much much larger like record labels and big name artists. But we always have like if something is up and coming, like for instance, Amazon Music, even though they're uh, yeah, it's Amazon, they were promoting um, a couple of singles from artists that we're b- very much connected with, and they therefore came to us to help do some stuff because they saw that we could reach that market. So even though we're a little itty-bitty and this is Amazon, I think that if it's if it's targeted to our audience and people are interested in working with us. But, you know, who knows what the next integration is. But for now, we're just using all the APIs that are available to us and, you know, making sure that everything looks tight. So when you click on the homepage, things load quick. You got the, you know, you got the Spotify, you got the YouTube, you got all the events, you've got the news on the music, um, the sliders for, for the latest, you know, and, and greatest. And I think quite frankly, that's enough. I think that's what people look to us for. I, I of course, I'd, I'd love to do more interviews and more, but that, that is more of the same and more, more content that goes to it. Yeah, that's awesome. So
0: I think we can, this is I, like, I've learned, uh, like, I feel like I am a fusicology like end user, like target market. And I feel like I've, you know, also been, you know, a person that has had events, you know and has used the platform and felt really good about you know the events that that have that i've been able to promote right like through the platform and i'm just wondering like are there you know clients or you know without you know like sharing things you can't share but let's say like um you know your dream people that you haven't had a chance to work with yet that you really want to, you know, be users of your platform or really want to be, you know, on your platform?
1: Um, say that, I'm sorry, say that one more time. You cut out a little bit.
0: So like folks that you, you know, haven't had the chance to, folks oh. that haven't had that opportunity to be a part of the, you know, Fuse Ecology ecosphere, are there people you look to like, oh, I, I, w- I want to work with this person or I'd love for them to be, you know, a user of the platform?
1: Yeah um yeah i mean it's 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 definitely for for anybody that wants to go on they can log in and 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 if they're an artist that wants to submit music they just go to our contact page it's a quick format but it's definitely we want to be you know open to everybody um as an end user um and, and especially people that just want to come in and just see what's going on
0: yeah but i i was just wondering has there has there been any like special people, you know, like name people that you have. Oh. Oh, I haven't had a chance yet or I really want to or, you know.
1: Mm, you know, um, not that I can really think of at the top of my head, but of course, um, you know, there's a lot of artists that sometimes I, I'm surprised that maybe they're not posting their stuff on it. Uh, some of the house music DJs aren't as technological as I'd like them to be. And I'm like, yo, why isn't this on Physicology, you know? But th- that definitely tends to happen with with people, um, especially people that are a little older. But with that said, if we see something that's missing, we post it for them. So we tend not to, I try not to have content that's missing. Of course, we can't cover everything everything even though we are you know a hybrid of user generated and, and curated but I think um for the most part we we do a pretty good job covering our genres
0: yeah this is I'm so excited um about 2021 I'm, I'm really excited about this this Dilla Fest so yeah. want, once more um you know like how folks can you know take part in this historic event that's coming up this weekend
1: um, yes, so uh dillafest.com, they can sign up to uh just receive more information. The website is gonna have a the stream. We are not live streaming. This is gonna be a pre-recorded YouTube. Um, so it is going to be shown um uh thanks to Restream. It'll be uh shown on IG Live and YouTube Live, but we are leading everybody to dillafest.com and then it's also Dillafest on Twitter, Instagram. Um and we're just really excited to to be coming out with this content and again, commemor- commemorating the late, great Jay Dill. I cannot believe that it has been 15 years since he has passed, 16 years. My goodness, time is just flying.
0: Yeah. And thank you for that. And you've been a person who has really stuck by, you know, solidifying and uplifting the Dilla legacy. So thank you for that. You know, a lot of the reason that his memory is still circulating is because a lot of the work you've done, you know. So we right. to make sure that that that, that is um that, that that future generations have access. So thank you for that. And then also too, you know,
1: how can folks
0: get in contact with you?
1: Oh yeah. So um to reach out to me through Physicology it's of course at Physicology on all socials if you want to reach out to me personally uh, my website has uh, all of my information it's A-S-Y-A-S-H-E-I-N dot com AsyaShine.com and that's has my latest uh, mixes that I do for Worldwide FM and the fourth Thursdays that I that I do on our form radio as well as of course personal like LinkedIn's and stuff but yeah at Physicology on all socials and you know it's just um, thank, Piper you are one well, of the best person the best interviewer i need to put you on you need to start doing my interviews because you are in depth and and quite frankly just 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 a bright light you are incredible
0: Oh, thank you, Asia. I'm really excited about this event. It's going to be so fun. This <laughs> Del Fest, yay! And it's his birthday weekend, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: it's his birthday, and, and and you didn't say it wrong. It's going to be on the seventh and overseas. So you you know you had it right. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's is six six. It starts at six p.m. and then we are going. Like I said, we're going to end with a special set from DJ Spinner. And then we're going to have I just wanted to quickly mention we're going to have an after party on uh, Boombox, which is a, a monthly event that every year has done Dilla events. And the uh, Boombox Los Angeles on Twitch. But of course, all the information and all of everything's going to be streamed on DillaFest.com.
0: Oh, my God. I'm going to the event, the after party, all of that. And, <laughs> um, and guess right. what? I, I won't even have to leave my bed
1: your <laughs> vet exactly and we of course have to hope to have like a larger scale event with like live performances and all that but you know for now uh, just having these interviews with these incredible people playing the music showing some you know vintage footage and videos i think people are gonna really dig it
0: i think so i think so and you do great events you know great quality events so thank you
1: i appreciate it thank you piper
0: Yeah, well, this has been the Piper Carter podcast. It's a special edition that we have with one of our faves, uh, Asya Shine of Physicology. Again, please tell your friends to keep listening to Piper Carter podcast. We are on all of your streaming platforms and connect with us on our socials. We are on Instagram and also on Facebook. We have a Facebook group. It's Piper Carter podcast. So ask us questions and interact with us. We want to hear from you. And thanks again. We really appreciate you and see you next week. Weekly to the Piper Carter Podcast with Piper Carter for a conscious take on music, arts, politics, and fashion. The founder of We Found Hip Hop has a say on what you should know about culture with a balanced conscience. Subscribe, like, and share on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher to the Piper Carter Podcast to hear the stories and thoughts of Piper Carter. Follow Piper Carter on Instagram at Piper Carter.